Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Tuesday, December 15th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, on Tuesday morning, Mr. Cole Shelton, for the final breakdown show of 2020. Cole, how's it going, man? Hope all is well. A great card in the weekend and a great card this weekend. So how's everything with you, man? Yeah, it's going well. Uh, good pay-per-view. The pay-per-view last week didn't get enough credit, and it, it could be, like, the event of the year. It was really exciting, and this card has all the making to over top it. This card's really sick. Yeah, I agree with that. The card this weekend is, it's a great way to end the year. 15 fights. Yep. You know, a lot of people are saying it's too many fights. I have no problem with 15 fights, Cole, especially because I'm telling you right now, guys, if, if you are one of the people that are like, oh, it's too many fights, just you'll be waiting a month between fights until the next card. So trust me, just eat it up and enjoy it while you can. And, now, a, and a 4 p.m. 4 p.m. start time is always great. Main card starts at 7. That's the perfect timing for a UFC card. I agree completely. I, I really like when they start at like 4 o'clock, for the prelims or seven o'clock for the for the main card i i personally prefer that i just find it's especially because i work i work at eight o'clock in the morning every sunday right so sometimes when these pay-per-views end at like two o'clock in the morning it's it's not the easiest to get up the next day but it is what it is let's start uh let's start with ufc 256 call we'll, we'll talk about it for about you know 15 minutes because we have a lot of fights to break down but uh let's start with this card and we'll start with the main event davison figueredo defeat or draws the brandon moreno it was a super close fight majority draw 48, 46, 47, 47, 47, 47. Um, I'll just say right now, my my, my uh, scorecard is right there in MMA Decisions. You probably saw it on TV anyways. Uh, I had it 48, 46 for Figueredo. I thought he won four rounds minus the point deduction, but I thought he won every round except for the fourth round. Having said that, it was a close fight. I wasn't shocked at a draw. I think I even messaged you during the fight, and I was like, I think there could be a draw now. And uh, I wasn't shocked by the by the, uh, the end outcome, call, but I did think Figueredo won the fight. How did you score it? I had it a draw because I gave Moreno two and four. I think it was the sec, maybe the fourth. Oh, I forget what round it is, but one of them, it was really close. If you gave it to figure it out, no problem. I saw people score for Moreno, which I have no clue. I think the only two yep. scorecards were 4-1 Figueredo, which then goes down to 3-1 with the point deduction, or 3-2 Figueredo, which goes down to like a draw with the point deduction. I don't get how people saw three rounds for Moreno. I saw two at most, and even the second round I scored, I'm like, this could easily be a figure eight around. Yeah, the second round, I think, is the swing round because it was pretty competitive. The striking, if you look at the stats, and we don't look at the stats live during fights. I never look at them when I'm watching the fight, but I like to look at them afterwards online just to see if what my eyes were seeing were right. And the striking stats were similar, but Moreno did land a couple of takedowns, so I can see why you did give it to him. I'm okay with the 47-47 scorecard call, but I really did have a 48-46 figure eight. Either way, we get a rematch, and I mean, this was an amazing fight, man. This is one of the best fights of, of all time, arguably, in the UFC. It was an incredible fight. Um, best flyweight fight ever. I think the UFC 100% is making the right call with the rematch. There's no way that a guy like Cody Garbrandt should be able to, to skip by Brandon Marino. Like, to me, these are clearly the top two flyweights in the UFC right now. So I can't wait for this fight, Cole. If I had to guess, they're going to take at least six months off. I mean, this was an absolute war. Like, these guys took a lot of damage. I think Moreno got injured in the fight, too. So he'll be out for a minute, man. But... As long as it's not like a, a long-term injury, I ex absolutely expect this fight to happen next sometime, maybe in like, I don't know, call like May or June, something like that. I think they're going to need like six months off, man. This was a war, but an amazing fight. Uh, Co-main event, by the way, I just saw some breaking news. Oh, man. Um, yes. So there were some rumors going around this morning that there could be a fight being canceled. And Colby, we were both right who it is. Diego Lima versus Blah Muhammad is off the card. So I just saw that. MMA fighting confirmed it. We don't know who's going to replace. I think it's Diego Lima that's, that's out. So. No idea if they're going to make a replacement fight, but uh, I, I, you knew something was going to happen, right? 
I just clicked it and said they're expected to rebuck for one of the January cards in Abu Dhabi. Damn. Okay, so we have 14 fights to break down. Okay. All right. All right. I really like Blum Hom in that fight, by the way. But we can't talk about it now because there's no point. All right. Um, getting back to 256 quickly. Like I said, we'll talk about it for like a few more minutes here. Um, Charles Oliveira, an amazing performance against Tony Ferguson. I didn't really see this one coming. You know, it's funny. I was actually talking to a friend of mine. He's more of like a casual MMA fan. And he was asking me who to like for bets. And I was like, I love Kevin Holland. I think Swanson. I said maybe Ferguson. He's like, I don't know about that, right? And I was like, I'm pretty sure he wins, man. Dude, he got dominated. Like, this fight wasn't even close. We're both completely wrong, Cole. Like, Charles Oliveira is incredible, right? Like, I want to see him fight for the belt. I honestly think he's a really interesting matchup for Habib. And if Habib doesn't fight, he should get the winner of Connor and Poirier after this performance. What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I don't know. I've been hearing some rumors of Gaethje Chandler on that 257 card. If that's the case, I think they're just going to match up winners with winners, which kind of sucks for Oliveira because I think he deserves it. But unfortunately, I think what's going to hurt him a lot now is he doesn't speak English. And for the UFC, say McGregor wins. Would you rather have McGregor versus a Gaethje or Chandler who can trash talk with McGregor or Charles Oliveira who probably deserves it over them, but can't really speak English, so is that really going to hype up a McGregor fight? Especially, like, if it's Poirier, I could see them doing Poirier-Oliveira, but McGregor fight, you need someone. Like, um, I just think you need someone to, that can be able to trash talk back with McGregor. Yeah, I think that's a good point too, Cole. But honestly, I um, I think he much deserves it more than Michael Chandler, who's never fought in the UFC. Now, if Chandler goes and beats Gaethje, that's a different story, but he hasn't did that yet. I love Michael Chandler. He's just never fought in the UFC. For a guy like Oliveira, he's won eight straight fights, including a domination of Tony Ferguson. Colton, he's the next guy in line. I, I would love to see him fight for the belt. I've always liked Charles Oliveira. Like, you got to think about it, man. He's been in the UFC for 10 years, 11 years almost. He's been in the UFC since 2010. He's got a lot of fights. He's the most uh, submission. He's got the most submission wins of all time in UFC history. That's incredible. Eight-fight win streak. This is the first fight he didn't finish. By the way, how did Tony Ferguson, a.k.a. Gumby, not tap to that arm bar in the first round, Cole? That's the deepest arm bar I've ever seen a guy not tap to. Absolutely incredible. I'm sure... Ferguson got injured during that or something, man. I saw his statement, by the way, Cole. Seems like he's still, like, he wants to keep fighting. Someone asked him about the press conference, Dana. They're like, are you guys going to cut Tony Ferguson? <laughs> Is he going to be part of the 60 guys cut? Dana's like, no. Anyways, I thought he looked great, uh, Oliver. But Ferguson, wow, two straight fights, he got absolutely dominated. And there's Silverda. There goes our perfect parley, please, for Bilal. I really liked him in that fight, man. All right, next up, Mackenzie Dern defeats Ferdinand Jandaroba. You made a decision. I had a 29-28. For Mackenzie Dern, it was a super close fight. Came down to the third round. Really, it literally did come down to the last minute of the fight. It was that close. I'm okay if you gave it to Janaroba, I guess. I mean, I personally thought Dern wanted it a little bit more. It seemed like to me it was so close that it came down to the tertiary scoring of like aggressiveness because it was that close. So I, I thought the judges got it right. What did you think of this one? Yeah, I thought it was uh, two on Dern as well. I thought Dern won the fight. Yeah, I had some people saying. 30-27 Jan and I was like, you guys got to watch that fight again. There's just no way. Okay, I'll take Marcus's question. Hey, Marcus, if you were managing Tony, who would you want? Who would you book him to fight next to get back to winning? Dude, he's 36 years old. So, I mean, at this point, I don't think he has, like, much time to take, like, a, a layup fight. But he's got to fight someone in the top 10, obviously. I mean, I, I still I think he's in the top 10. Um, they haven't changed the rankings. Looking at the rankings, I mean, how about Dan Hooker? He's number five. That would be an amazing fight. I'd love to see that fight. And if Dan Hooker wins, you have another legitimate contender. So I think that'd be a good one. Um, I don't know if he'd take it, but Paul Felder would be an amazing fight. Like stylistically, I think it'd be a really fun fight. I think Diego Ferrer would be a fun fight. I, I Quinto would be okay. He's out for a while, though. I think any of those guys. What do you think, Cole? Who'd you put in your article? Who 
I put Paul Felder. I think yeah, both, that's a great fight. Yeah. Both guys are on a two fight losing streak. Both guys kind of need to win their next one to be a contender. Paul, I think whoever loses, maybe they hang it up. Like we've seen Paul Felder hand at retirement. If he loses to Ferguson, I wouldn't be surprised if he retires. And that way, you just guarantee one of them a win, so you can build the other guy back up. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. Um, getting to the next fight here, Kevin Holland, my guy. So high on this dude. I love this guy. I hope you guys don't doubt him anymore. This guy's incredible. Knocks out Ronaldo Jacare Souza in the first round with punches. Just an incredible performance. Like, not only did he knock him out, cool, he was dominating him with yeah. the submissions too. Like, he had Jacare locked up in a triangle. He looked incredible, man. That's five wins in a row for Kevin Holland in 2020 since May. This guy's amazing. I think he's one win away from a title shot. I think yeah. he gets a guy like Vittori or Costa or someone next. I, I think he's right there. I think the UFC loves him. And I'll be honest with you, and I was talking to Marcus about this um, on Twitter. Dude, I'd love to see the fight with Adesanya. I'm not saying he'll get it next because Adesanya's moving up to 205, as we know. But I'd love to see that fight in the future. Imagine the trash talk in that fight, Cole. Now, I know that you said uh, Sean Strickland would be a good opponent. I love that fight too, but I just feel like Kevin Holland really deserves a top guy. He takes fights every week for the UFC. I think he'll probably get Vittori or Costa. What do you think, man? No, I don't think he's getting that high. He, he's really, ranked he like just, But he was supposed to fight Jack Hermanson, who was number four, though. But that was he on short notice. That wasn't booked. He, but he, then he goes and knocks out Jockery. You think he drops? Like, I don't think so, man. Oh, here's here. here uh, hey, Marcel, how's it going? Kevin Holland's number 10. There you go, Cole. So he's going to fight someone above him. I mean, he's not going to fight someone below. So looking at the rankings, you got guys like, I guess someone like Brunson would be good. Is he booked right now? Derek Brunson? No. Nope. That'd be a good fight, right? Yeah. But honestly, man, I really think he deserves a top five guy. Who did you have in your article, by the way? I didn't do that fight, but I think okay, you, could okay. do, you could do the Hall-Weidman winner, which I think could make some sense. I, mean, I just feel like Holland's going to get a push, man. I think the UFC really likes this kid. Five I think it's cool. a Shemaya fight. I think if Shemaya goes back to middleweight, I think that's the fight you got to do. Yeah. Kevin says, let's get Max to fight Tony at 155. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Max is fighting Calvin Cater. If he wins that fight, you'll probably get a, re a trilogy fight for the title. Something happened, Cole? <laughs> no, I said that would be a good fight, though. No, it would be a good fight. Oh, I agree. And here's Marcel's tweet. Hey, Marcel. He says, who do you guys want to see as replacement to fight Pons Nibio? I saw that. Muslim Salkov's out. That sucks. I saw your tweet this morning. And I actually sent it to Cole. I was like, damn it. So looking at that division right now, Pons Nibio's not ranked. But he was ranked before he uh, had that long layoff. And the guy he beat in his last fight, Neil Magny, he knocked him out. He's ranked number nine. So I understand he's had a long layoff. Um, the UFC did book him with a un, with a unranked opponent. You know what? I almost rather see him just cancel the fight with Diego Lima and, and Bilal Muhammad and give him Bilal Muhammad number thirteen call. Like that'd be a good fight. Um, has he fought Vicente Luque? I think that'd be a great fight. Number ten. What do you think of that one? You like that yeah, one? Are that they, makes sense. They, they're not I, teammates, right? They're not. They're not friends. Teammates. No, I think Luque makes some sense. I know he was supposed to fight Lawler, and then Magni ended up stepping in, something like that. Like maybe they do that, but. It, I think he has to get a ranked guy. Like I, I didn't understand the Salakov fight at all, to be honest. So I think they can kind of rebook it now to, to give him something a bit better. I think they just needed a fight for him, and, and stylistically, that's a great fight. Like two strikers, right? So I think it would be a good fight. But I'm with you. He probably deserves someone in the top 50, top fifty. I mean, isn't he on like a long win streak? He hasn't fought in two years um, since November 2018. Um, I think he's on like long win streak. Isn't he? Take a look. He's on a uh, seven fight win streak. Cool. He beat Mike Perry, beat Maggie, he beat Gunnar Nelson. Nice win streak, but yeah, we'll see what they do with them. But man, I I love that guy. All right, uh, what time is it? All right, we got a few more minutes here. Uh, Cyril Gone knocks out Junior DeSantos. 
I'll be honest, man, that did look like the back of the head to me with the elbow, but regardless, I mean, he was moving away. It's one of those weird ones. It's not like, I don't think he intentionally did it. It just, it did hit the back of the head though. Either way, knocks him out. I like Cyril Garn. We both love the guy. He's top 10 now. Finally, he's top 10. So guys can't turn him down anymore. And for J.D. Eskel, I mean, listen, I think the UFC might give him the option. Like, you either retire or we're going to cut you. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be something like that. I think at this point, four straight losses, four knockout losses, too. Dana White even said, like, you got to retire. I think it's going to be the same thing as Anderson Silva. Like, retire, and if you don't want to retire, unfortunately, you're going to have to cut you, which I, I – the thing is, I don't really want to see Junior DeSantis fight anywhere else. Like, he just yeah. – the problem is, is he gets hit once and he goes down. Like, that Rose Truck fight, he was winning, and then he – the first punch – the first, like, real good punch Rose Truck landed just knocked him out. So, I don't really know how much success you can have at heavyweight anymore. I mean, it's 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 part of the sport, right? You get you get old. I mean, he was yeah. ten years ago. He was the best heavyweight in the world, like no doubt about it. He was the champion. So it's unfortunate that his decline has been so steep. It's crazy too, right? In March 2019, just last year, Cole he beat Derek Lewis by knockout. That was so long ago now when yeah. you think about it. But it was just last year on paper, so it's weird. But the sport really, man, every fight changes you, and all those knockouts have really added up. I'm um, just getting through the rest of the card here. Cub Swanson defeats Daniel Pineda. I did call that one as a dog. There you go, Cub Swanson. Stop doubting Cub Swanson, guys. Two fights in a row he wins as a dog against guys that he should have beat, and he beats them. And he absolutely knocked out Pineda Cole in this fight. And Pineda's article that you did, Cole, man, you killed that one, Cole. I think the title was Dale Pineda says he's either going to be knocked out cold or he's going to, like, dominate Cub Swanson or something. Wasn't that like that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> when, when, I, when I talked to him, he didn't do much media, and I was like, man, like, this fight is kind of like a weird one. It's, it's like you either get this fight down to the ground or, like, how do you see this playing out? He's like, oh, it's simple. If I can't get down to the ground, Cub Swanson's going to knock me out cold. If I get down to the ground, I'm going to submit the guy. So that's kind of what the title I did. I think it was, like, uh, Swan, like something like that. But that's exactly what happened. He couldn't get down to the ground. He gets knocked out. Yeah, I know. But he looked great, and, and you got to love Cub. He broke his hand the first round, knocks him on the second. Um, for Marcel, Lima Muhammad's off. Yes, we just talked about that. It sucks. And he says they're rebooking for January Abu Dhabi. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad they're going to rebook it. But again, I think Muhammad should have got someone better than Lima. And he was a short nose replacement, too. And Kevin Scott says he likes Tony versus Nate Diaz. That'd be a great fight. Nate Diaz out there talking smack. Uh, quickly, Cole, uh, Rafael Fiziev defeats Renato Bacano by knockout in the first round. Incredible performance by him. Gavin Tucker defeats Billy Quarantillo by you know, decision. Really good performance. It's an underdog there. Tisha Torres with a first round doctor stoppage. Um, and then Chase Hooper with a great comeback. I mean, the guy was getting absolutely dominated. I really don't regret picking Dieter Barrett last week as a plus 300 dog. I know we both did. It was worth, dude, he was winning that fight. He blew it. Peter Barrett's going to be one of the 60 guys cut 100%. What do you think of those uh, last couple fights? Do you think McCannio could be cut? I don't think McCann will. I think the UFC likes him, but I just uh, checked Bilal Muhammad's Twitter. He just said, woke up yesterday feeling like crap, got tested as oh, positive man. for COVID. Sucks, but I'll be back. That sucks, man. It's funny because uh, it's not really funny, but I remember when a few weeks ago, Curtis Blades did an interview with Aaron Bronsetter, our friend, yeah. and Curtis Curtis was wearing a mask. And Bilal Muhammad, in the, in the first tweet, he was like, he's like, you know, you can't catch COVID over a Skype interview, right? Literally the next day, Curtis Blaze tested positive. Two weeks later, Bob Muhammad tested positive. Be careful, guys. Seriously, especially if you're a fighter. I mean, you're gonna you might catch it because it's out there. All right, Cole. That's it for this card. And I should mention the bonuses: Figueredo Moreno, fight of the night, obviously. Holland Fiziev. No problem with those guys getting bonuses. All right, let's get to the next card. This is this weekend's card, last card of the year for the UFC. UFC Fight Night, Thompson Neal. Uh, Why well, set it up, Cole? Give me your thoughts on this card. It looks pretty good. Yeah, really good card. I 
this card was to me one of the best fight nights when they had Edward Shmaiva at the top, just because that fight had so much hype. Losing it does take a little bit off the card, but the card is still sweet. Like you have Thompson Jevnil's main event, co-main event, Aldo Cheeto Vera, like the, the whole main card, every single fight I'm looking forward to. Like Thompson Neal, Aldo Vera, Pereira Williams, Marice Font, Tybura Hardy is really interesting. Robertson Santos, then Pattis Murano. Like those are all sick fights. Like this card is amazing. Good way to end the year for the UFC. Oh, dude, I love it. I mean, this card's incredible, and uh, I have no problem with, you know, 15 fights, 14 fights now. Maybe I'll add something because uh, there's an open spot now. It's possible. But either way, man, I can't wait to watch this one, Cole. All right, let's start with the first fight in the uh, card. According to Papology, that is Rick Glenn against Carlton Minus. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if this is the correct bout order because I've heard some different bout orders. But either way, that's the first one we'll start with here, Cole. And right now, Rick Glenn's a minus 330 favorite, and we have Carlton minus plus 270. I should mention this fight's at 155. Glenn moving up, minus moving down. This is a weird fight, man. This is the weirdest fight in the card. It's still out of place in this card. Like, this card's amazing. And then you have this fight, which I'm assuming the loser gets caught. Uh, they're going to be one of the 60 guys. Give me your thoughts on this uh, fight, Cole. What do you think of the odds on this one? Yeah, it's definitely interesting i like rick glenn in this fight but there is absolutely no way in hell i'm betting minus 330 on rick glenn carlton minus disappointed me a ton his ufc debut i picked him against salisbury just because i didn't know much about him but his punches had no power behind it it was like he was just like flicking his punches like you're not really gonna do anything and the problem is which i should have really picked up because i went against my rule of fading anyone from alaska <laughs> fc i that knew you say that <laughs> that is one of my main betting rules is anyone from alaska fc immediate fade in their UFC debut unless they show me otherwise. I don't know why I went around it. It was like, I think a pick I'm fighting against Salzberger. But Rick Glenn, like, the problem is he hasn't fought since November 2018 at Featherweight when he lost Kevin Aguilar. What's going to look like after your long layoff? What's going to look like a lightweight? To me, this is a pure pass. I have no interest in betting either side, but my pick is probably just Rick Glenn by decision. And I'd love to get your guys' thoughts in the comments. So if you want, throw your comments in there. We'll, we'll read them on, on the camera here. Um, this fight's weird, man. Like I said, the, the whole moving, Rick Glenn moving up and Myers moving down is strange. Uh, Rick Glenn, far more experienced fighter, former WSOF champ, far more experienced in the UFC. He's had some great performances. Like the Gavin Tucker fight destroyed him in that fight. Carlton Minus, one fight in the UFC, looked terrible against Matthew Summersberger. I was about to say what you said, Cole. Really no power his punches. The other problem with this guy is just the Alaska FC, I mean, listen, like how many guys from that promotion come to the UFC and do well? Very few. The one thing I, that is interesting, though, he has a five-inch reach advantage in this fight, Carlton Minus. So if he could just use his jab, he can win this fight. That's why I'm passing on a bet. I think Rick Glenn's a better fighter, better MMA fighter, more experienced, better wrestler probably too. I think he grinds up the decision here. I think it's going to be a close fight, though. And I wouldn't be surprised at minus one, honestly, because of that reach advantage. So my pick's going to be Rick Glenn by decision. This is an absolute pass on Glenn, it's a dogger pass situation because the odds are so inflated. So, you know, if you want to put a small plan on minus, I don't really recommend it because this is a guy I wouldn't even put money on. But again, the reach advantage, five inches, that's that's sizable. So it's possible you could actually pull this off. Next up, we have the flyweight boat. And we talked about this fight a few weeks ago, so we can kind of break this one down faster. Jimmy Flick against Cody Durden at 125 pounds. And the odds right now, minus 150 Flick, plus 130 Durden. I think it's like the same odds as we had last time. What do you think about this fight, Cole, as, you, as your thoughts changed on it after Cody Durden got pink eye? It, it was actually a bit different. I, uh, Cody Durden was 165, I think, but that's the problem is I like Cody Durden at that price. I don't really like him at plus 130, especially because he's moving down to flyweight. Now he's moving. Now he's cutting weight back-to-back -back weights when Jimmy Flick's a national flyweight. So I do – my pick's going to stay Cody Durden. I'm just going to – I just liked what I saw of him. I think he'd stop the takedowns on the field. I think he's a bit better. But 
Now I have some hesitation to bet the underdog just because the line isn't as good. And he's cutting down to fly for the second time in like, what, two weeks, I think. So how is that going to impact his performance? I'll pick Cody Durden. My picks can stay the same, like third round knockout if he can keep the takedowns. But at this point, I don't really know if I'm going to place a bet anymore just because the, the to me, the value is gone because I thought plus 165 was some good value there. See, I'm on the other side of Cole in this one. I, I like Jimmy Flick in this fight, guys. I, I just think this guy's submission game is like out of this world. Uh, we saw that in his contender series fight. He's able to change submissions better than like many people in the sport. Uh, it's incredible what he does in the ground. It's amazing. It's almost like what, what Holland did to Sousa the other day, but he does it for 15 whole minutes but until he gets a submission. Like he's, you look at his record, it's submission, submission, submission. The problem is his chin. He's been knocked out five times, I think, four or five times. So if Durden hits him in the face really hard, he could knock this guy out. But otherwise, I think that Jimmy Flick's going to control the fight with the grappling. The thing with Durden that I didn't like in that fight with Gutierrez, and he did look good in that first round, but after that, he faded bad. And Cole, I can't imagine that 125, his cardio is going to be better. I think it's probably going to be even worse when he fades in the, the last couple rounds here. I'm picking Jimmy Flick in this fight. I pick him by submission, guys. I do think he gets a submission in this fight. It should be a pretty good one, though. Next up, I love this fight. This is one of my favorite fights in the card. Kefon Nchukwi against Jamie Pickett at 185 pounds. Nchukwi moving down to middleweights. I love this fight, Cole. And right now we have Nchukwi. He's a huge favorite, minus 290, Pickett plus 245. What do you think? Yeah, this is an interesting fight. I like uh, Tafan Juki. I think this is a setup fight. I do wonder what he's going to look at 185. I thought he looked good at 205. I'm surprised he's cutting down. And this guy has so much power. Like, he knocked out William Knight. as a controversial stoppage, but still. And then the knock on the contender, who's absolutely insane. Jimmy Pickett's a guy I don't really know why the UFC was so in love with him. Like, kept on fighting back on the contender series. Like, he got submitted by Charles Birdie. He wins two fights against a guy that's 12, 8, 5, and 6. Gets back on the contender series. Gets dominated against Puniel Soriano. Then fights a guy that's 7 and 10. Beats by decision. Gets invited back on the contender series. Then beats uh, Patty. Uh, it was an okay win, but I do think I do like Tafon here. I think he can knock out Pickett, but I do worry what his cardio is going to be like. If Pickett can survive the first two rounds, I think it's going to be interesting, especially with Tafon uh, cutting weight. But I think he's going to get him out of there in the first, second round. Yeah, again, I'm curious to hear what people think about this one. You know, for me, I I, I do like Nchupi in this fight, but the more I looked into it, I don't love him as much as I initially thought. Now, we all remember the fight at the Tennessee series. Like, that head kick knocker was insane. Like, my mouth dropped. I was like, holy crap. Like, I remember what Dana White said, too. Like, this guy's got an incredible amount of power. All four wins by knockout. Only been a pro fighter for two years, Cole. Already in the UFC. All four knockouts, including William Knight, who looks like a great prospect. So, that's a great win. Um... It's an interesting fight though because he's moving down in middleweight. Like, how's it? I don't even know why he's moving down. Like, how's his cardio going to hold up and stuff? Like, I really have no idea. So, I'm still going to pick Nchukwu because of that power. I think he does get Pickett out of there probably in the first round. But you know, Pickett's got some things to like about him in this fight. He's a guy that, like you, Cole, I was like, this guy stinks. He lost both his fight at the Contender Series. Then he goes out there and absolutely smashes Patty in his last fight. Like the way he knocked him out, the, the hand speed, the knockout power was incredible to watch. Like an insane knockout. He's also a little bit taller, which is crazy to see. And he's got a reach advantage in this fight, too. So I think Pickett, you know, it potentially could be a live dog in this fight if he survives the first round. So, you know, I really like Nchukwi, guys, but I'm not sure if I want to lay minus 290 on him. I think there's better spots in this card the more I look into it. So you, maybe you take Nchukwi inside the distance instead. That's minus 150. Maybe that's a better play. I don't think it goes the distance. So I think I'd rather do that, personally, because minus 290 is a heavy price on this guy. I, I really like him, but I'm telling you guys, Pickett has some advantage in this fight. You got to look at both sides of the coin. You can't just look at one fighter. You got to look at both of them. 
And Pickett, man, after that last knockout, I mean, it's possible that he's a lot better than we thought we were, that he uh, was originally, Cole. So interesting fight. I'm going to pick Nachuki, but minus 290, I'm not sure, guys. All right, next up we have Deron, or sorry, uh, Draco Rodriguez against Eamon Zahabi at 135 pounds. Right now we have Draco Rodriguez minus 185, Eamon Zahabi plus 160. Who's your pick in this one? I'm surprised Damon Zahavi got another fight. I thought he was going to get caught. He's on a two-fight losing skid, but um, I don't know. But Draco Rodriguez, I'm so high on this guy. I think this is a perfect setup fight for him to get a win. Uh, the only question is, does he finish Damon Zahavi? I think Draco Rodriguez, um, minus 185. I think you could play it straight, but I think you could also uh, parlay him if you want. I actually had, before this week started, was a parlay of Rodriguez and Bilal Muhammad, but obviously now that's just a straight Rodriguez bet. Which kind of sucks because I think 185 is a bit too high for me. That's why I just adding Bilal Muhammad just to get a bit lower of a price. But I don't really see a path to victory for Eamon Zahabi. He never fought the top guys in the regional scenes. I think he was really only in the UFC because of his last name. Jock Rodriguez is really impressive. He has solid uh, jujitsu game, which I think he can take Zahabi down. I think he can have a lot of success. Because we saw Vince Morales really dictate the pace of his wrestling in the last fight. So I like Rodriguez. I'll pick him by decision, but I would not be surprised if he can finish the hobby here. Yeah, um, this is a pretty competitive fight, I think, Cole. I, I actually just did the Top Turtle MMA podcast last night. I don't know when they post it, but it'll be up in the next few days, I imagine. And um, Daniel, the guy who's the host there with Top Turtle, he actually picked a hobby in this, in this fight. So, you know, for me, it's pretty competitive, Cole. I, I actually do lean towards Rodriguez, and I'll tell you why. There's one big advantage that he has in this fight. It's age. Um, he's nine years younger, and that's huge. Um, I do think the skill is pretty similar. I will say this, though. Zahabi will come in with great coaching and a great, great game plan to win decision in this fight. Like, we know his brother, Faraz, is an incredible coach. He'll coach him well, Cole. So if you can work a, a game plan of maybe, like, a GSP type of jab and takedown kind of game plan, he can win this fight. Otherwise, I think Draco beats him everywhere. I think he's going to be a little faster, a little bit fresher, a little bit younger. So I'll take Draco, Cole, but, you know, I'll take him by decision. Did you say decision as well? Yeah, but I would not yeah. be surprised if he got him out of there, though. Yeah, I say I wouldn't like play a prop on this one or anything, but you know, I want to. I want to make uh, a pick here. I'll, I'll take him by decision, but I think the fight's going to be a little bit more closer than Cole thinks. But we'll see what happens. All right, next up we have at 195 pounds. It's a catchweight fight, not 185 pounds. Juan winning against Antonio Arroyo. I like this fight too, Cole. Interesting one. Right now, Arroyo minus 155, win plus 135. Who's your pick? I like Antonio Arroyo here. I'm just not high on Duran win at all. This guy, I think, like. I don't know why he would take a catchweight here because he said Antonio Arroyo wanted the catchweight. He's already a small 185-er. I know he used to fight at 205 pounds, but that's the big difference. Is he's on a two-fight skid, and I think he's fighting for his job. Like Darren Stewart really had a lot of success with him. And then we both picked Gerald Mearshart as an underdog in that fight, which I never really understood because Gerald's win whole path to victory is, let me just out-wrestle this guy, but Gerald Mearshart had solid jiu-jitsu. This is a similar fight to me, in my opinion, and with Gerald Mearshart. Antonio Arroyo is solid jiu-jitsu. Do you really want to take this guy down? Because I think if you take him down on the ground, Gerald win is a uh, submission defense game is not that good. Like Gerald Mearshart was throwing up submissions and eventually just got one. And I think Gerald win gasses a little bit. Like we saw him kind of slow down that Mearshart fight. I know we put on a good performance against Spicely, but even that fight, he looked a bit slow. I like Antonio Arroyo here and I actually like him to submit Gerald win again. I think this is going to be the last time we see Gerald win in the UFC. Wow, that's uh, pretty bold there. You know, it's possible. I, I definitely think so, too. I'm going to pick uh, Arroyo as well. I'll tell you why, Cole. Um, <laughs> because Jerron Wynn is five foot six at middleweight, and Arroyo is six foot three. And Arroyo has a three-inch reach advantage. But the, the, 
Nine inches of height, guys. I mean, that's listen. We could get below his knees and, and take him down, possibly. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does get takedowns. But I think 50 minutes is a long time to spend with a Roy on the mat. And we've seen, like you said, Wayne gets submitted on the ground. And uh, not even that, but how about that Darren Stewart fight? You couldn't get him to the ground. He just got beat. So I like a Roy on this fight, man. I, I'm with you, Cole. I do think he wins this fight. Uh, the odds are decent for a straight bet, I think. Maybe you wait till he drops a little bit lower. But I think it's not bad at minus 155. I'm not saying it's like the most confident pick I have. But I think the value is there because I think he could be like minus 200 in this fight. So there looks to be a little bit of value under Warrior here. I'm not saying go crazy by any means, but Deron Wayne hasn't fought in a while. He's coming off a PED suspension. I just don't expect him to be the same guy at all, Cole. Uh, I do think a Royal wins this fight. I'll take him by decision, though, not submission. So but although I wouldn't be surprised. This fight, this next one's kind of strange too. Carl Roberson against Dalcha Lugi Mambula. Strange fight. Um, Carl Roberson's a massive favorite right now, minus 265. Dalcha Lugia Mambula, champion, plus 225. What do you think of these odds? They kind of surprised you a little bit. I thought Robertson was going to be favorite, but like uh, whatever fights get announced, I like always just kind of guessing where the odds would be. I thought Robertson yeah. was going to be like a minus 160, minus 170. I don't know why he's this big favorite. I do like him to win the fight, but there is ab this, like, this is pure dog or pass here. Like Dal all the value is on Dalcha because I thought Dalcha should only be around a plus 130, plus 140 underdog. So to get what uh plus 225 you're almost getting a full dollar more than what i thought it was gonna be so all the values on dolce carl roberson got dominating at marvitory last time out before that beat kopilov good win but that is kopilov that really that impressive and then a split to wellington Terman, which a lot of people thought Terman won that fight the problem with dolce is he hasn't fought since november last year but he got knocked out against uh magma Dank live which does not look very bad loss anymore at this point so it's definitely an interesting fight i like roberson here and Dolce is also uh, moving down to middleweight, which should be interesting to see what the weight cut's looking like. But I'll take Robertson by decision here, but there's no way I can bet him at this price just because he's too inconsistent for my liking to bet that big of a price. I'm with you too. I think the odds are too high. I really don't see why he's minus 265 here. I know Robertson obviously has more weight in the UFC, and he is the better fighter, I think, we've seen so far. But it's not like he's uh, not prone to losing. I mean, he's lost three times in the UFC already. He's five and three. So. You know, if you've been betting on him, I think some a couple of fights he's lost as a favorite too. So I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I'm with you, Cole, and that the odds are too high. I'm still going to pick Robertson, though. I know I should pick Luke Rambula. Like, he's got a few things to like about him. He's a little bit longer. He's got a little bit of reach. And like like Cole said, he's dropping down from 185, but, or from uh, 205 to 185. But, you know, he is shorter by five inches. That's that's not great. And the other thing is he's a little bit older. And also, Cole, that last fight with Anka Lip, look, look at that fight. He landed six significant strikes only in that fight. That's really bad. And uh, he just didn't do anything in that fight. I know Anka Lip's really good, but, uh, you know, Roberson, he's a southpaw too. That should help him in this fight. He is a former glory kickboxer, Cole. I think he'll probably have the stand-up advantage. i got to go with Roberson, guys. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised at all if Lupi and Blue actually finished this guy. I do think he's a live dog. I'm just I'm, I'm too scared to bet it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll pick Roberson. It's, it's kind of a safer pick, but. I mean, it's not a fight that I would lay minus 265 on. I know I said that a few times about these big favorites, but guys, every week a big favorite goes down. you got to really pick your spots. You can't just blindly parlay favorites, you know, just because they should win. And in this case, I, I see enough holes that there could be an upset, so wouldn't be surprised at all. All right, next up we have Panny Kianza against Jara Eubanks. It's at 135 pounds. And right now, Sarge is minus 160, Panny plus 140. What do you think of this one? These are two girls that have such a hard time picking, especially Sajara. I just can't get a real her. Every time I think she's going to lose, she goes out and wins like Julia Via. Every time I think, and 
But every time I think she's going to win, like a Betch Kohea, she doesn't look good. Like, I don't know what Sarge is going to show up. Like, there's two different Sarges that always shows up. Like, which one? That's why I, I have a rule now. I don't bet on a Sajara Eubanks fight. Like, no matter what the odds are, I don't care who she's fighting. I'm not betting her or against her just because she's too inconsistent. I'll pick Eubanks to win by decision just using wrestling. But would I be surprised if Penny won this fight just keeping it standing, using her striking to pick apart Eubanks? No, it's such a close fight, but I have no interest betting either side. The pick will be Eubanks using her wrestling, win the first two rounds, gas out in the third like she normally does, but win a 29-28. Yeah, this is another close fight. And you know what? I think you made a great point there. It's like these are two fighters that I personally don't have great reads on either because, you know, I, I think I've got both their last couple of fights wrong. So clearly I'm not reading them great. Eubanks, I, I was starting to fade her at 135 and she goes to beat to Via. I mean, that's such a great win. Like it really is. Then she loses to Vieira. So it's like, where does she really fit? I think she's outside that top 10, probably in that 10 15 range, maybe. Because being a Via is a pretty nice win, Cole. And then Panny. Panny's someone that I always fade, and you know she got cut from the UFC. She came back. She she loses to a Via. This proves MMA math doesn't work. She's actually looked pretty good in her last two fights against Clark and, and Correa. So, yeah, I mean this is a close fight. You, again, it's it really comes down to striking wrestling in this fight. Sarge is probably going to try to get some takedowns. Panny's going to use her boxing if she can and, and win on points. I will say this: I think the fight goes a distance. I don't see a, a, a finish in this fight. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on a genius saying that. Minus 410 over two and a half. So there's no value there, unfortunately, either. Yeah, cool. I'm going to pick Eubanks too by decision. But I mean, listen, I, I don't have a great read of these fighters. So I wouldn't, I, I personally am not betting on it. But if you guys have a good read, go for it. Next fight, Blah Muhammad, Diego Lima. Mm, canceled. We'll talk about that fight in January. That sucks. I was looking forward to that fight too. I think we're on the main card now, Cole. Good yeah. stuff. All right. I like this fight. It was weird when it got announced. Cole sent it to me a few weeks ago. I was like, what the hell? But this fight actually is really good. Anthony Pettis against Alex Morono. I love this fight, Cole. Right now we have Pettis, minus 235. Morono, plus 195. Who's your pick? This is a really good fight. I've talked to Morono, and it's sounds interesting. He was already in camp. He was helping Jeff Neal out for uh, Thompson, which – so it's not – so I know he's hanging on two he's noticed, but he already said – like, when I asked him, like, what's this camp in? Like, because this fight was only taken, like, two or – two weeks notice, I think, but he's coming off the win over Reese McKee. He said he had to rest his knuckles. They were all bruised for a week and then got back in there to help out Jeff Neal. And what's really big is uh, Diego Ferreira is one of his main training partners who beat Anthony Pettis earlier this year. Like Fortis already came out with a game plan for Anthony Pettis, but I have to go with Anthony Pettis here. I just think he's a better striker. This fight's going to primarily be standing. I know he's slowing down a little bit, but I just think he's a bit better at Alex Morano at this point, but I think if he loses Alex Morano, I think this is the end of Anthony Pettis in the UFC. Like, you talk about big contracts. Anthony Pettis probably has a big contract. And are the UFC really going to pay him if he loses to an Alex Morano? I'm not too sure. And I think Bellator would be happy to get him just because his brother's there. But it, I think, to me, this is going to be a fight that goes the distance. Anthony Pettis will just land the harder shots, be a bit more active on the feet to win a decision. But I, I think there is value in Alex Morano because I don't think Anthony Pettis should be a minus 235 favorite at this point in his career. John says, I love talking to Morono as well. He's such a great interview. He seems like a pretty cool guy. Interesting guy, that's for sure. Uh, the great wife, they call him. Now, this fight's interesting. I, I want to point this out. Tomorrow is the 10-year anniversary of Anthony Pettis versus Benson Henderson with the Showtime kick. I remember watching that fight live. It was one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. If you've never seen that fight, please watch that fight. It is an incredible fight. So 10 years since WC ended tomorrow. And WC was an amazing promotion, by the way. It was incredible. Anthony Pettis has promised he's going to throw something crazy in this fight. So we'll see. 
We'll see. But he says he's going to do something crazy. And how can you doubt him? I mean, throughout his career, he's done crazy stuff, and he wins these fights where, you know, we counted him out. Like the Stephen Thompson fight. That was last year, Cole. He knocked him out with a Superman punch. That was crazy. And the, the Michael Chiesa fight two years ago. Like, he wins these fights where we don't count him out. He comes back and wins. In this fight, he's the favorite, and I'm not sure. I mean, it's an interesting fight. I'm going to pick Pettis, too. I do think he wins because I think he's the better striker. But, you know, Morono's got some things to like about him. He's a, he's a, he's a little bit younger by a couple of years. And, you know, he, he looked great in Reese, that recent key fight. Look at, dude, he landed 176 significant strikes in three rounds. That's incredible. Amazing output. The problem I have with him is he, he leaves his chain exposed, man. He's been knocked out a couple times now. Uh, Nico Price knocked him out. That was overturned because he smoked weed. But he knocked him out. KS Williams knocked him out. I think Pettis will probably knock him out, too. So I'm going to take Anthony Pettis by TKO, Cole. That's my pick. And to be honest with you, like, I know what you're saying about them cutting guys, but I think Pettis does enough, like, with his highlight reels that once in a while that they'll keep him. But you're right. I mean, if he is on a huge deal, maybe they do let him go. We'll see. But uh, remember, um, uh, Pettis inside the distance, plus 250. That's something I'm, I'm looking at, guys, because I, I think he probably knocks Morono out. I don't, I don't know if this goes three rounds. All right. Next up, we have Julian Roberts against Tyler Santos in the women's flyweight division. And right now, the odds are super close. They're a pick of minus 110 each. So what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is a really interesting fight. I was picking Julian Robertson to beat Andrea Lee. And I'm, I'm still going to pick her here. I do think she's a bit better than Talia Santos. And the problem is, is I don't know what Talia Santos is going to show up. Is she going to be the one that dominated Molly McCann? Or is it going to be the one that lost to arguably one of the worst fighters on the UFC roster in Mara Romero Brella? Like, Talia Santos really showed up her last time. I took a year off and it really showed. But... It really comes down to if Robertson gets this fight down to the ground, she's going to have a lot of success. If she can't, Talia Santos is going to win a decision. I think that's why it's a pick It's really, what do you think is going to happen? If Santos stuffs the takedowns, she's going to win the fight by decision. If Robertson gets down to the ground, I wouldn't be surprised if she can submit Talia Santos or just kind of hold her down, grind out a decision. That first takedown is going to be key in this fight. If Santos stuffs it with ease, I think it's Santos' fight to lose. But I think Robertson could eventually get down to the ground, kind of hold her down. Maybe get a late submission like she did Courtney Casey if Santos gasses, get like a third round submission. But I'll pick Joan Robson by decision. But this is a super close fight. So I get to John's comments. WC is a great catalog of fights. I mean, it really does. Incredible. And he said he's due for a spectacular performance. But he's taking Morono. So there's dog pick. All right. As far as this fight goes, um, man, I mean, listen, I actually like Santos a lot in this fight, guys. And maybe I'm just overrating her because of that fight with uh, McCann. But she looked incredible in that fight. And what I like about her in this fight is she has a five-inch reach advantage. And her takedown defense is 83%. So if she can keep this fight in the feet, she'll win this fight because of that reach advantage. Can she keep it on the feet? We'll see. Because Julia Robertson, it's not like her wrestling is amazing. It, it's good. It's pretty good. Her submissions are amazing, though. So if she gets it to the ground, she'll probably get the submission. Having said that, Cole, she has been finished a few times herself. So... She's been putting bad spots on the ground herself. I should pick the Canadian here because she's Canadian, but I actually like the Brazilian. I'm going to take Tyler Santos. And honestly, guys, I look at that reach advantage. It just it, that's that's an Adam Martin special right there, five inch reach advantage. So I pick him price. I'm going to have to really take a look at Santos, but I, I do like her quite a bit in this fight. Obviously, I respect your opinion, Cole. I just disagree with you on this one. All right, next up we have a heavyweight fight. This one's interesting too. Marcin Tabura against Greg Hardy. Odds are close. Minus one twenty Hardy. Tabura plus one ten. Uh, Tabura actually opened as a slight favorite, so it's it's close. It's it might close as a pick up too. What are your thoughts on this one, Cole? Yeah, this is an interesting fight. I started 
when the fight got announced, I'm like, I was on Marcin Tybura. I thought Tybura was going to be able to hold it, Greg Hardy down. And the more I looked into it, the more I like Greg Hardy in this fight. I know people pick Greg Hardy because of his past, but I straight just look at it fighting standpoint. I think he's a better fighter than Marcin Tybura. Marcin Tybura can easily hold Greg Hardy down. I would not be surprised that happens. But I think Hardy is strong enough and athletic enough that he can be able to stop the takedowns. And on the feet, Greg Hardy hits a lot harder than Marcin Tybura. He's a better striker. And it was just uh, last year we saw Shamil Abderhimov, who doesn't have much knock power, knock out Marcin Tybura. And then the next fight, Augustus Kai knocked him out. So he has a chin. He can't get knocked out. I think Greg Hardy's going to knock out Marcin Tybura. I think he's eventually going to land something big. I'll say second round. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in the first. But I like Greg Hardy to win inside the distance, but I would absolutely not be surprised if Marcin Tybura just holds this guy down for three rounds. I think it could be a very boring fight if that happens. Yeah, I think you make a great point too. Like, I know a lot of people don't like Greg Hardy, and that fair enough. Like, you don't have to like him, obviously, with his past. But if you're picking fights based on your heart, you're you're doing it wrong. You have to look at them objectively. In this particular fight, Cole, I think it's super close. I really do. I think the pick them odds are essentially correct. Um, Hardy obviously should have the striking advantage with the knockle power, but Tabura, he's proven himself to be a really like tough veteran, man. And he's won three straight fights, and he's looked decent in those fights. Not great. But he's got the wrestling cold to make these fights boring and just grind them out. And he actually looked good against Rothwell. I'll give him credit for that fight. But the Christian fight was horrible. The Spina fight was even worse. But that's what he does, man. He's a boring guy who holds you down. And, you know, the UFC is like, hey, let's see if Greg Hardy has any wrestling. You know, overall, his takedown defense, 83%. But he hasn't really fought a wrestler as good as Tabura since, like, well, he never really has, actually. I think Tabura is probably the best wrestler he's fought. Crowder did take him down once. That was last year. Crazy. That was only last year too, Cole. Feels like that's crazy, right, man? Uh, anyways, um, I'm gonna look Tybura, guys. I think he's gonna get Greg Hardy down. Just make it super boring. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope that Greg Hardy makes it exciting, and knocks him out. But I gotta go Tybura. He's got so much experience against higher level competition. He's fought some really good fighters, and yes, he mostly has lost when he stepped up in competition. But you know, in this in this case, like I'm not really sure if Greg Hardy is on his level yet. We'll see. If Greg Hardy knocks out Tabura, he's going to be ready for another top 10 guy, though. Um, next up, Cole. I think it's, yep, Marlon Marais against Rob Font. I really like this fight, too. This is a great fight. This one is a fight that, like, no one's talking about this fight, and this fight's great. And I want to get to John's comment quickly. Hardy looks better and better every fight. I see Tabura staying and training with Hardy. as tossed up. Dude, if that happens, he's going to get KO'd, I think. I'm with you guys. That would happen. But uh, I think he gets it to the ground. All right. Marias and Font. Cole, everyone's sleeping on this fight. No one's yeah. talking about it. It is one of the better fights in the card. Marias, minus 145. Font, plus 125. Give me your pick. This is such a good fight. I'm leaning Marlon Marais just because of the layoff Rob Font had. I know Marais. I do worry about Marais coming back just two months after getting knocked out. But it wasn't like a brutal knock. It was kind of just one of those flash ones. He got knocked down and the ref stopped it. It could have got done going. But I think that's what allowed Marlon Marais to make a quick turnaround. But Rob Font to me is th this is kind of. I think this might be Jordan after Rob Font. Like every single time he gets that big step on the competition, he's lost. Like he got it against Pedro Munoz. Or sorry, if his first big step it was John Lineker, lost. Then he went two in a row, fights Pedro Munoz, loses. Then he knocks out Thomas Almeida, had a lot of hype behind him. Gets a step up in competition against Rafael Asensio, lost. Then he goes out, beats uh, Sergio Pettis, Ricky Simone, good wins. Now he's getting a big step up in, Mar in competition Marlon Marais. This is that indicator is, is Rob Font that top five guy uh, him and Calvin Cater always say he is, or is he that just bottom 15, like going to be a perennial, like kind of 15 to 10 range. I, I think this is an interesting one. I do think Marlon Marais is the better striker. Would I be surprised if 
find go out and finish them late in the fight. I wouldn't be sad because Marlon Marais gasses, but I do like Marlon Marais. I think he can bank the first two rounds, just survive the third and win a decision. And John Greasy says, the measure stick for Font. Can you sink or swim with the top contenders? I like this fight a lot. I, I think it's a really interesting matchup. Um, Marlon Marais has been a great family for many years. And you look at the quality of his win score, like knocked out Sterling, knocked out Suns, or submitted Sunset, knocked out Rivera. Like these are guys that don't even get finished, and he finished them all. So, yes, the last couple of fights, he hasn't looked that great. I agree. I mean, the San Hagen fight, I, I picked San Hagen in that fight, he knocked him out. The Aldo fight, I thought Aldo won that fight. It was close, though. And then Zahuda fight, I thought Marais would win that fight. He looked really good early on and gassed out and lost. It was a five-round fight, though. But, you know, he's got some holes in his game, man. His chin is not great. He's been knocked out a couple times. Uh, actually, he's been knocked out more than a couple times, if you look back at his early career, too. And, uh, you know, he's getting a little bit older. Um, he's actually younger in this fight by a year, which is surprising to me. But, you know, in general, I feel like he has taken quite a bit of damage lately, Cole, in his fights. Uh, you know, in this particular case, Rob Font, he hasn't fought in over a year now. That's He doesn't fight that often. I like Rob Font. He's got knockout power. He's got good striking. Everyone at that team's always hyping him up at New England Cartel. So they're always saying how good he is. And, and at times he looked amazing. And you look at his record in the UFC, it's quite good, 7-3. and three. So he's definitely a capable fighter. He also has a four-inch reach advantage in this fight. That's something that I looked at, and also the two-inch height advantage. Um, there's a lot to like about Rob Font in this fight, honestly. There really is. But I still think Morais has fought the better guys. He's proven himself against better guys. This is a step down from Morais. I'm going to pick Morais to win the decision call. I think this is a way closer fight than some people think, though. I think the odds look pretty pretty fair. I, I, I'm going to pass on a play, but I will take Morais to win the decision call. But I, I'm not going to be surprised at all if Rob Font wins this fight. He has the reach advantage, the height advantage and uh, some other advantages, so he could win. Next fight, Michelle Pahey against Chaos Williams. Love this fight. I mean, this someone's getting brutally knocked out in this fight, I think. I think this fight's not going the distance, guys. Michelle Pahey minus 125, Williams plus 105. Williams is an underdog. What do you think of this one? I don't get the odds. I actually jumped early on this on. I bet it like a week and a half ago at Chaos plus 125, which I'm fine with. Like, if he loses, I think this is – I'm shocked I got Williams at underdog money. I am done picking against Chaos Williams. I picked this guy in both his fights, and he's proved me wrong. I don't know why Michelle Pereira is the favorite. This guy hasn't shown really that much. Like, sure, he knocked out Danny Roberts, and he gets dominated against Tristan Connolly, who's a lightweight. Then, then he just – the problem is I can't trust him with my money. Like, uh, Diego Sanchez, he makes a stupid move and gets DQ'd. Sure, he tapped out Zaleem I might have, but that, that was a terrible call by the ref, and Zaleem's not very good. I think Chaos just needs to land one big punching and knock him out. And I think Chaos is a better striker. Like, Michelle gasses, which I do worry about. Like, what happens in that third round if what he gasses? I think Chaos can catch him and knock him out. I like Chaos Williams here. I like Chaos Williams inside the distance. Yeah, Chaos Williams is going to be a bet again for me. This is the third straight fight I picked for as an underdog. I stop sleepy on people. This guy's incredible. Uh, remember, Cole, I had him against Morono. And, and uh, sorry, we didn't, actually, I didn't have him against Morono. That's, that's not fair. I had him against Abdul Rizak Alessand. And he was like plus 200 in that fight or something, plus 220. I, I'll still take plus 100 on him. I think he wins this fight. I think he knocks out Perea, man. Perea is a guy that has low fight IQ. He's got questionable striking defense. Yes, offensively, he's gifted. No, we all know that. He's a fun guy to watch, a showman. I love watching him fight. But he's just got too many holes in his game, Cole. Like, seriously, the IQ is one of the lowest in, the, in that division. And uh, the cardio is a question mark, too. Uh, you know, people are going to question KS's cardio because he's only knocked out these guys in the first round. But Cool, honestly, like I feel like he's probably gonna have better career in Perea. And he's won a lot of decisions in his career, actually. If you look back, I, I love everything about KS Williams in this spot. He has a four-inch reach advantage as well, which is nice to see. 
Um, <laughs> I know you only had two fights, but you look at the stats, 15.79 significant strikes landing per minute. That is sick. Obviously, small sample size, but that's crazy cool. Let's take it by knockout, Cole. What's the problem? You know, I just look plus 185 for Williams by knockout. That is a nice play, guys. I don't think this fight goes the distance. And I'd be su- surprised. Go ahead. Even if you're worried that maybe Chaos wants to show up his ground, even like clubs and subs him, you can even just take him inside the distance, and it's still plus 155, which I don't mind at all. Like I don't get how this guy is still an underdog either. I don't get it either. Like People are sleeping on him. I think it's because the books opened him as a dog, and he's just staying there. Just because the books open it that way doesn't mean it's right. John says, watch it come wrestling. I, I, I don't even think he'll be able to get Williams down to all, especially in that first round where Williams is dangerous. I think Williams is like, I think we're going to see him have an amazing sprawl because he's an athletic dude. I think we're going to see him stuff the takedowns and then just knock Prey out. Um, I'd be surprised if Prey won this fight, honestly. I think Williams should be a minus like 200 favorite. I really do. So there is significant value, in my opinion. I could be completely wrong. Who knows? But I, based on what I've seen from these guys, I really like Williams, guys. All right, co-main event, Jose Aldo against Marlon Vera. Great fight as well. Same fight, same odds as the Marais Fog fight. Uh, Aldo minus 145, Vera plus 125. What do you think of this fight? I like the underdog and Chino Vera. I just think Jose Aldo, unfortunately, I think he's past prime. And I think this is kind of do or die. Like, if Jose Aldo loses, would you be surprised one of the 60 cuts? Yeah, I would be, Cole. I would be because he's a legend. And it's I just think that... Losing skid 0-3 at Bantamweight. Like, what does he really do from there? I mean, I don't see why they cut him. He's going to go to Bellator, obviously, or somewhere like that. He's, he's only like a year removed from Nakio Macanio, too, and Stevens. I know what you're saying, but we got to keep in mind the level, level of competition called Volkanovski, Marais, and Jan. And a lot of people thought he beat Marais. So to me, it's like, I know what you're saying, Cole. Like, if he loses to Vera here, maybe, but I, I don't see it. Anyways, go ahead. But I, I like Cheeto Vera here. I just, I think that loss to Peter Yan, that's a loss that takes a lot away from you, a fighter. Mm-hmm. And do you really come back like, he got beat up. Like that fight could have been stopped the fourth round. That fifth round for like three minutes straight. Peter Young was just landing punches. Jose Aldo wasn't moving. Like that's a loss that takes a lot of people. That, that like ruins a lot of people's career. But Chido Vera, obviously a ton of comments after knockout. Sean O'Malley, I think he's on a big winning streak. I thought he beat Song Yudong. This is a big step up in competition though. Jose Aldo is still good, but I just think Chido Vera is going to be more active on the feet. I think he's going to be able to land the bigger shots. Do I think he's going to finish Jose Aldo? I'm not too sure. I think this is going to go the distance, but I like Cheeto Vera here as an underdog. I think that the referee, Leon Edwards, I don't even know if he's ref since then on Fire Island after that fight because Dana White was super pissed, right? Isn't it funny though, Cole, how like Dana has all this influence with the refs, but when it comes to the judges, he's always like, oh, I can't do anything about it. But he's got like guys like Mezagati and uh, Yamasaki out of there. So it, it's kind of weird to me. Either way, as far as this fight goes, I love this matchup. It's going to be a good fight, but I'm 100% on Marlon Vera in this fight. I love Vera as an underdog here. These odds don't make sense to me. Are you kidding me? He should be the favorite in this fight. Like, listen, I respect Rosial. He's a legend. I just defended him. I don't think he's going to get cut. I think he's still a legend, but I think he's still win against certain guys. I just don't like this matchup for him whatsoever. Vera is the younger guy. He is more dangerous right now. He is uh, so much momentum, Cole. Like, He's looked incredible um, coming off the win over Sean O'Malley. And the fight with Sonny Dong, a lot of us thought he won that fight. So it really could be on a uh, seven-fight win streak right now. But either way, he's won six for the last seven. He's finishing almost everyone in his path. Jose Aldo's chain is gone at this point. His uh, ability to take punishment is just not there. Offensively, he's still pretty gifted. I mean, he did land a lot of strikes in that fight with Jan and a lot of leg kicks. So... If he can keep that kind of game plan here, maybe he can win the decision. But I don't see it. I think you'd have to make the argument for Aldo as a dog. 
As a favorite, I don't understand these odds, Cole. Give me Marlon Vera at plus 125. That's a gift, I think, guys. If you aren't on the Marlon Vera hype train, you should be now. Marlon Vera, Cole, I'm going to take him by Naka. What are you, what are you thinking there? I probably like him by decision just because he did. I think he can survive three rounds. But it, just when he goes five rounds, I don't think he can do that anymore. True, true. Yeah, you're right. Against Holloway, late finishes too. Either way, um, Vera by TKO is plus 400. Take a look at that one. Possibly, because I do think that's the way he finishes the fight. All right. The last of 14 fights, Cole. We made it, man. Jeff Neal against Stephen Thompson. Great fight. Jeff Neal, slight, slight favorites. Essentially pick him, but Neal, minus 115, minus 105 for Stephen Thompson. A few books do have Thompson as plus money, Cole, so I, I guess he's kind of the dog now. Um, I could see this line flipping, though. It's a super competitive fight. I want to hear your pick in this fight, Cole, and you know, John, whoever else is in the chat, throw your pick in too, guys. Uh, give me your pick in this one, Cole. This is a good fight. I jumped on this one early too. I got Jeff Neal plus 110. I like him as the dog. It's definitely a close fight, so give me – I think this is a pure pick. Him, so when I got plus nine, Jeff Neal, I'm pretty high. Yeah. But the thing is, this is this is going to answer a lot of questions. Everyone talks about Jeff Neal as the dark horse of the welterweight division. Well, he is getting thrown to the deep end against Stephen Thompson. It's definitely an interesting matchup. And if you watch my interview with Jeff Neal, it's kind of funny. I go um, – whenever I talk to anyone for this, everyone goes – you guys don't even know how good of a wrestler Jeff Neal is. Like, wait till he starts wrestling. So I ask him, I'm like, is this a fight you're going to wrestle? He just laughs. He goes, uh, don't say anything. So I wouldn't be surprised if this guy goes out there and tries to wrestle Stephen Thompson. Like, uh, Jeff Neal is amazing boxing. I think he's probably the best boxing in the division. Just pure boxing. His hands are so good. He has a ton of knockout power. And if he is as good as wrestler, as everyone says, like Alex Morano says he's the best wrestler at Florida's MMA, Diego Ferreira has said the same thing to me. Like they say, this guy is legit wrestler, but he just doesn't show up because his boxing is so good. But this is an interesting fight. Stephen Thompson has the capability to make this a point fight, and Stephen Thompson is one of the best point fighters in the world. He knows how to just do enough to win rounds. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out there and does that. That does that very similar to what he did against Till, but just do a bit more, bit more volume and win a decision. But I think Jeff Neal has the power to finish Stephen Thompson. I know Thompson's only ever been knocked against Anthony Pettis, but I believe in Jeff Neal a lot. I think this guy's the real deal. I think he's going to eventually land something big, hurt Thompson, ground pound him out, probably late in the like, third, fourth round finish. I want to get this call. My DJ Hoogland says, do a parlay of Williams and Vera be a good idea. Like, let me just see what it is right now. It's... Uh, I don't like parlaying 200 dogs. Yeah, like, well, it, it gets to plus 400 almost. So, I mean, there's crazy value there. But I'm with you, man. I, I, I'm a straight better. You know, this is from lots of uh, wins and losses over the years. A lot of losses too, guys. I mean, a lot of wins, lots of losses. I just personally find straight bets, especially MMA, work a little better because I feel like every time I make a parlay, especially if it's more than like two or three guys, it's like it just blows up my face. So personally, I'd rather just play them straight. It's a little bit safer that way because just say one of them loses, at least you're going to actually make a small profit if one loses, if one wins, right? But if they both lose, you're going to lose. So it's, it's really up the way you like to bet. But I do like those guys quite a bit as dogs. Um. And also, uh, who will get it? You got a call. I'll take it. He says, tough call. I like Neil Wonder Boys and fought since November 2019. Not this guy's fake. You having lunch time off. Also, question mark. I mean, I was at Jeff Neal's last fight. It was just over a year ago when you knocked on Mike Perry. It's been over a year, too. So, both guys haven't fought. Also, Jeff Neal's had some significant health issues this year um, that who knows how it's going to impact on this fight. I love this matchup, guys. I really do. Um, you know, I think the odds are pretty close. I had a hard time picking it. I really did. I was going back and forth on this one. Um, there's a lot to like about both guys. Jeff Neal, I would say Jeff Neal is the power advantage. I would say Jeff Neal is the fresher guy. 
and he might have the advantage in pure submissions as well. So he's got some advantages. Um, you know, as far as the physical attributes, they both are the same height, essentially one inch difference, exactly the same reach. The stance is listed as Neil as a southpaw and Thompson as orthodox, but we all know Thompson likes to switch in stances. So I'm not sure why that, that doesn't say switch for him. When a guy like they list Vera as a switch fighter, but they don't list Wonderboy as one. That's kind of weird to me. Um, you know, Cole, I, I got to go with Stephen Thompson, man. I, I just, he's, listen, he's older. He's seven years older. That's, that's a worry. But I look at that Vicente Luque fight and the amount of volume he landed in that fight and the way he was able to just keep a distance. And I, I feel like he has learned from the fight with where he was winning that fight and he got caught, you know. The Darren Till fight he should have won. I think the Woodley fights he caught, arguably should have won. So to me, like, it's a guy a couple years ago beat Madrigal. Um, you know, he's beating some great fighters, man. I love him, dude. I really love both guys. But Stephen Thompson, to me, he is the more technical striker. And I think if he keeps uh, Jeff Neal at distance, he can win this fight by decision, Cole. So that's going to be my pick. I think Wonderboy by decision is a small underdog here, but uh, you know it's a super close fight. And you know Cole took plus money on Neil, and had that been the case, I mean maybe my pick would have been different. But right now it's Stephen Thompson as a small dog, and you know I I, I personally cap him at minus one thirty and plus one hundred for Jeff Neal. So I'm going to take the small small dog in Thompson to win a decision and what I think is going to be an amazing fight. All right, we got two minutes left, Cole. Really quick, Bellator signed Yoel Romero. Any thoughts on that? I want to see the Rumble fight. What do you think? I want to see the Rumble fight too. That's such a good fight. I would I be surprised if both you all remember get and Rumble get that corner entryman and just like a guy we've never really heard of or just a guy we don't expect. I don't think so because I think both Bellator probably wants both those guys to win. But that that's the fight I want to see. Yeah, I want to see it too. And I, I got to mention this uh, article I just wrote for MARings.net. It should go up today, guys. I basically did matchmaking for the top eight or ten guys in the division, I guess. And uh, for me, the Romero and Rumble fight's a no-brainer. I'll tell you why. Because they're both older guys. Like, Romero's 43 and Rumble is uh, 36. Cool. You can't slow build these dudes. you got to throw them in the fire. So I hope they make that fight. And you could do Nemkov against Corey Anderson for the title, I think, next goal. What do you think of that one? That makes sense, right? Yeah, I think it does a lot. And then I had uh, Ryan Bader and Machida in a rematch if Bader stays there. And I had Phil Davis against Julius and Glick is cool because I think he'll be used as a gatekeeper a little bit. So... Check my article out, guys. It was like it's you know it's an article I spent quite a bit of time on last night, so definitely check it out. But that's it for today, Cole. Um, any other news, fight announcements, all that stuff? I'm gonna save it for Thursday at 10 a.m., guys. I'll be here at 10 a.m. on Thursday, so we can talk about anything you want, MMA related. Then I'll I'll probably get a guest to come on with me for the Thursday. Cole, tell everyone they can find your stuff, man. Yeah, Twitter actual show 91. This week the show is it's the last show of the year just because the last year event. It's Stephen Thompson, Jeff Neal, Cheeto Vera, Rob Font, Chaos Williams, Macy Barber. So stores with all them on BJPen, fighter picks for the main event. Uh, I spoke to Alex Morano, so that's already up from yesterday. But anything else I always do is on my Twitter. Yeah, definitely listen to Cole's podcast, guys. I mean, he got some, some really good guests. And Cole's a really good interview. Definitely check that out. You guys can find me on Twitter at Martin Podcast. As always, MMAoddsbreaker.com to our YouTube channel. We appreciate everyone who joins the podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. I really do appreciate it. Uh, hopefully in the new year, I'll be able to do some more podcasts. We'll see what happens. But either way, uh, you know, Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, what else? M- uh, BJPen.com, obviously, for all the news. MMARings.net, check out that article. And then odds.com, I got some stuff there as well, especially some boxing stuff. There's some boxing fights. I'll probably talk about them Thursday, Cole. I'll take this last question, Marcus. You got we only have like 30 seconds left. I think 2020 was a great year at UFC. Any fight cards you didn't like? I'd have to think about that, man. Yeah. I'd have to go back. I'll say, you know what, Marcus? I'll, I want to screen cap that question. And I will answer our Thursday podcast. I think it's a great question. There you go. I just took a screen cap. So I'll, I'll remember what that question was. 
Anyways, I appreciate everyone tuned in today, guys. And again, Thursday at 10 a.m., I'll, I'll do all the fight announcements and stuff. So have a great day, everyone. And hopefully no more fights fall off this card. See you guys later. Bye.